So this is a this is a big deal. Yeah, it really is. I um I've been dreaming up a question, like a good opening question. I find that for these distance learning experiences, sometimes like a quick opening question to get people to engage right away is is a good way to like virtually connect. Um so my opening question for today is if you were gonna describe distance learning in three words, what would you say? Hunter, do you wanna go first? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need some time for that one. Do you have a, a pre-slugged response? Could we come back um, to me? Yeah. I, I, I have something. Went to go um, for it. It's uh, air control through mimery. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, air traffic control through mimery. Uh, uh, like you have a mime that you're trying to land, you're trying to organize all these things without having the luxury of your your tools like here's a mime that you can't so when you think of air traffic control you think about all these different pieces and all these people coming together you know the people on the ground the people on the tower the pilot and all these different things that you're accustomed to now you have a mime that only has a microphone you can't speak into and you're trying to land several planes how do you do it and you have to think of very creative ways to do it. Um, that is a brilliant analogy. Yeah, that's the only way I can think of it because it's fun. It, it it is fun if if you allow it to be fun, but it puts you out of your comfort zone so much that uh, it, it's truly you feel the the kind of like the fear creeping in or trying to creep in, and then afterwards you. You kind of, with the help of other people, and you see other like this collaborative piece, and then you're depending on others when you're usually self-sufficient in, in your totally. own classroom. Now you're you're looking and you're borrowing, you're stealing ideas, and how are you going to do it? You can't use what you know. You know. That's the best way I can think of it. That's a great analogy. I think I mean to piggyback kind of on that idea. The you know three words for me has been shorter bandwidth. <laughs> And I, I feel like in my when I'm in my classroom, it's almost like I'm able to do this sophisticated task switching between different ideas and different concepts and different kids and different needs, like so fluidly. And now to be in a place where you really are able to only do one thing at a time, um, yeah. you know, especially just having one computer and maybe you can kind of multitask, like send a text and be on Zoom, but like hardly. And so what's what's normally a much more uh, dynamic experience, it, it turns into this really quite stilted one thing at a time process, um, which is an interesting implication of using the technology because usually technology right, can expand our capabilities, but in some ways I feel like it's shortened my my capabilities. I think I'm doing well with that shorter string. You know, I'm able to go really deep with the kids um, and with other advisors, but it, it definitely is shorter. What about you, Hunter? What about you, Gail? I'm still thinking. Still thinking? Yeah. I, I don't know if I can top Wences's. The the snarky <laughs> answer that came to me first was learning but distance, just flipping the phrase and making it three words long. Um, right. And I guess what I mean by that is that a lot of the things that we already know make for good learning experiences still apply. We still know that relationships are really important. We still know that giving scholars the ability to think really deeply about things is important. But then all the ways that we do that are being flipped. 
And so trying to figure out what all of that looks like in this new context and with these new constraints has been both an adventure and really challenging. And so I'm excited we get to talk about this today. I was going to say, sometimes I feel like the, the inventor of a new sport. Like I, I think about it like who, who created water polo? Was it somebody <laughs> who was like playing soccer or basketball and they just like fell into a body of water and then now you have to create like you want to entertain yourself and this is now you have to use what you have and then just do something else. Like it's just, that's the excitement piece is the imagination piece of like, okay, what can I do now that I'm no longer in my comfort zone of like soccer or basketball. Now I'm in this body of water with this ball right here. What I can, what can I do with this? You know? And then you, you kind of like, you're the, you're the, the doula of uh, of new type of learning, you know, you're birthing something here. Totally, you're you're coming in clutch with these analogies. Oh, I it, it's it's all the it's all the trap music that I listen to. <laughs> <laughs> I just I I think it speaks to this like we're we're in this constant mode of discovery right now, mm-hmm. and and sometimes it's discovery along the lines of like whoa I didn't even know we could do that I gotta try that now and 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 you're kind of integrating all of these new tools and new techniques and also <laughs> moments of discovery where it's like <laughs> oh. I did not see that coming. <laughs> what do we do? Yeah. And, and and just uh, building the boat as we sail. Yeah, definitely. All right. I think I, I got three words finally. Um, and I'm actually going to be taking a little bit of a different tack here uh, than my colleagues on the program. Um, but I have settled upon all time teacher parent. Nice. And, nice. And, and, and the reason behind that is you know, my day so much consisted of my commute. I I had about 35 minutes to get to work and then 45 minutes to come home from work. And really for me, that time was a time of transition. So as I left home in the morning to go to school, I would start brainstorming and kind of thinking, all right, here's what, here's the idea of what I want to accomplish today. Here's the things that I'm thinking about doing, the techniques I'm planning on using. And then by the time I'm there, boom, I'm in the zone. I know what I want to do and I know how to do it. And then on the way home, I can then transition into dad mode. Um, I, I got my wife and my kids waiting for me. So I'm kind of getting excited about what we're going to be doing. And I get time to kind of shift away from that world. But now sitting here in the guest room in my house, um, I, I, I'm straddling both of those worlds constantly because I might be off of a, a Zoom conference and then a minute later, I'm, I'm helping getting lunch together uh, for, for my two kids uh, and, and then getting them to, to, to go outside to play or whatever we could do to keep them entertained during lockdown. And it's just, it's a really, really interesting world that I did not foresee myself inhabiting. Totally. Yep. But um, with that, we've got uh, we got to welcome our guest to a very special episode of the Odyssey of Learning podcast. You're joined by your host. My name is Hunter, and I'm Courtney. And uh, we've got some two very special colleagues of ours that have uh, agreed. I I promise we did not force them to do this. Um, They have they have volunteered their time uh, to share about some of their uh, experiences. But first, I think it'd be uh, only fair that within the less than a week of our last episode, a lot's changed, right, Courtney? 
so much has changed. So much is always changing, but it feels like things are changing even more rapidly now than they normally do. Yeah. And so, you know, I, the, the most important takeaway is that we received the notification from our district that uh, school doors were to remain closed uh, in Paramount Unified until May 5th. Um, which we, if we're being honest with ourselves, we saw coming. We we, we kind of had the sense that um, that this was going to happen. But now that it is in writing and it is real, um, I, I'm sure all of us have thoughts. And so I kind of wanted to get things started here by just gauging your um, initial reaction. Does anyone want to kind of chime in and 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 offer up what did they feel when they saw that May fifth date posted? I wasn't at all surprised. Like you, I saw it coming. Totally. I mean, I wasn't at all surprised either, but at the same time, it was kind of sobering, like to see May 5th in my inbox. Um, Yeah. Because for a while, it felt very nebulous. Um, You know, how long will we be doing this? Oh, a week. Like I can do a week. Okay, two weeks I can do. Like I can see the finish line. And then suddenly the finish line getting pushed like two months was like kind of overwhelming, but also kind of comforting. I think for me it was it was a breath of fresh air, uh, only in the sense of the proactive nature of the district to be so forthcoming and communicating all these things. Um, mm-hmm. It was very transparent. Uh, it was within minutes that you know you hear something from LAUSD, you hear from Long Beach Unified, and then Paramount is right there, and it was. It brought a big smile because it, it it reaffirms the need to communicate and to be aware, and that there there is a seriousness out out there, and that we need to also consider different things. So it was it wasn't at all surprising, but it was it was very refreshing to hear. Yeah, I I agree with everything that that's been shared. I think that we it, it, it's almost like now that that date has been. Uh, um, codified uh we can now move forward with that closure and just all of at least a month of an uncertainty has been lifted and we can focus exclusively on how are we going to support our young people um over the next five to six weeks at least um you know we if you follow the news follow the current events there are many uh, medical professionals that are suggesting that you know, you know and some school districts have already already taken it upon themselves uh to close for the rest of the school year um, not to say uh, some colleges and universities um, that have elected to do that um, already. So it, it's this ever-changing thing, but there sim- seems to be the sense amongst the four of us that there's um, s- some uh, some closure and some sense of stability now that this has been established and uh, we can move forward uh, perhaps more productively. So I appreciate you all uh, sharing that perspective. Um Let's get right into it. You know, last week, Courtney and I uh, took some time to at least brief uh, the audience and, and in terms of how we're approaching the learning uh, last week, as well as this week, um, with our scholars at Odyssey STEM Academy. We talked about Zoom, uh, the program that we're using to do uh, video calls with our scholars, we talked about relationship building. All of the other features that we normally do at Odyssey, we're just now doing online um, and talked about that transition quite a bit. But we wanted to get um, a couple of voices here on the program to just 
uh, round out uh, some of the perspective because it's it's not just about us. There's 12 total advisors alone, um, not to mention our support staff, counseling teams, etc. Um, and and I think the more voices that we get in on this, uh, the better. So, uh, Courtney, do you want to kind of lead the charge here and, and introduce our first guest? Yeah, so excited to introduce um, Gail Gallagher, who is our colleague in STEM. So Gail teaches in the 10th grade along with Hunter and I. She's in my village, sometimes referred to by scholars as my, quote, work wife, quote, a very deserving <laughs> title. We eat lunch together often. Um, and uh, yeah, Gail, Gail joins us at her second year of teaching, and we're really grateful to have her with us. Her organization is always incredibly inspiring to me. And I'm excited to hear how this is going for you, Gail. Do you want to go ahead and, and share with us, first of all, what do you teach and, and, and a quick professional background? Well, I, I think you covered most of it, Courtney. Um, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. I'm in my second year teaching, like you said, and I am really proud to be both an advisor and teaching the 10th grade STEM course. Uh, our 10th our grade STEM course is called Environmental Sustainability Science. And so we work really closely with the environmental sustainability complex on our campus um, in order to teach what we call empirical reasoning competencies. So that's all of our competencies around uh, patterns and designing investigations, uh, writing and critiquing arguments, and modeling. And we've covered topics this year like soil, plants, and ecosystems. So it's really interesting to think about how to bring that really in the ground content into this distance learning space now. That's awesome. And, you know, Gail, something I just want to make it a point to, to uh, officially state here on the program, I so much appreciate your commitment to communicating with all of us, um, your ideas and your feedback as as well as your your vulnerability. I mean, just this morning, um, I think it was you you shared on our Slack channel um, the fact that you were you're feeling a little discouraged. You're feeling a little underwhelmed uh, with scholar production and and the conversations that come from your willingness to be vulnerable in that way and and just to share uh, your thoughts and feedback. I think is such a valuable part of our Odyssey team as a whole. Um, and, and I just want to, I wanted to take a moment to express how grateful I am, uh, that, uh, that you bring that, uh, to our community. So thank you for that. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. I don't know if you guys know how impactful the podcast was when I was first starting as an advisor at Odyssey. I think, uh, over the, the spring and summer before I started here, I was trying to piece together everything that I could about this weird little school that I was about to start at. And I spent a lot of time listening through those early podcast episodes, trying to get a sense of the, the zeitgeist and the practices and the, the culture at the school. So you, I really appreciate you guys being vulnerable and with this podcast, both for in and out of our community. So you're like a longtime listener, first time participant uh, this afternoon. True. Although I, I'll admit I've listened a lot less since I've actually started teaching here because it, it's, it's no longer a, I, I know I know what's going on on the inside more, and when I need to be off work, I need to be off work and not listen to it anymore. But no, that's certainly it, a long perfect. time listener. It's it's uh, it's it's a beautiful relationship, and and I appreciate the kind words. Uh, likewise, I I do want to ask you, Gail, if if you could share with us 
you know, we've at, we've been at this uh, new way of learning for about a week and a half. Um, what would you identify as maybe one of your greatest successes? Uh, something that you um, could kind of sit down today and celebrate over the course of the past few days uh, with our newfound learning? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the biggest wins for me that I've seen is the sense of community that's been so much more evident in a way, even when we were there in person. Um, it was awesome those first that first day in particular, just how excited scholars were to log on and talk with each other and see us and pick up some of our routines that we had we do every day. Um, and I think the sense of novelty is good for us too. It's in some ways the challenge makes it a bit of a bonding experience for everybody. They will never forget the people they went through this experience with. And so that's something that I've really valued. And then kind of along with that, I've been able to have some really deep one-on-one -on -one conferences with scholars. I've been doing these online office hours every afternoon after our regular uh, meetings with scholars. And I've had a couple that have ended up going long because I didn't have any scheduled afterwards that got really deep and really thoughtful. Um, connecting with, I had a scholar say, to share something with me and then say, I've, I've never really told anyone that before. Um, and that was really impactful. And it made me wonder about what ways the virtual environment enabled some of those conversations that hadn't happened so far this year in person. Um, and it, another, just a specific story is in one of those conferences on the second day that we were doing this, I had a scholar say, it just feels like our community is in uniting even more. When I opened up my computer, I was so excited to see everyone. And the fact that this 10th grader was articulating that, which I was feeling so strongly that she was seeing that and feeling that uh, and telling me about that was really successful as well. That's so cool. Totally. I couldn't agree more, Gail. I'm seeing this, um, you know, across our school and kind of hearing these testimonials from advisors and from scholars like there has never yet in our lives or our scholars lives been before an experience that is so isolating and yet so uniting at the same time and that dichotomy Definitely. really does create this strange blend of emotions and and I think as Hunter said you know we're we're going to be remembering this forever and and you put it so well like they're never going to forget who they go through this experience with so even though it's happening right now it, it's it's difficult to not look ahead and, and try to think about the implications um, but certainly not everything is going as swimmingly and, and as beautiful as that, that <laughs> excerpt makes it sound. There's like crazy stuff every single day for you. What has been one of the, the big challenges of this of this experience? Well, I think right now the biggest challenge I'm thinking about is looking forward into what the heck is going to happen next week uh, when we're shifting from this workshop model into uh, new content and new learning opportunities for our scholars. And, uh, like I said, my my content course so far this year has been very connected to soil plants. We had terrariums going the month before school closed. And so now really thinking about what can be the same in what routines, what structures, what types of learning experiences can be the same as what we were originally planning. What should be different given the new context and the new realities that everyone's living right now. And then hopefully part of what can be even better, what can we find that is somehow even more impactful than it would have been uh, otherwise. Um, 
one of the specific challenges within that that I'm trying to figure out is I never realized how difficult it would be to find an equivalent of pulling a scholar aside to chat. Mm. What I, when something that I've realized this week is it's actually pretty easy in Zoom to do an advisor talking to a whole group. And it's pretty easy in Zoom to do one-on-one conversations. And it's even pretty easy to do small group work with using the breakout rooms feature. But the more fluid movement between those types of groupings, like or with the whole class and I pull a kid aside to talk, or we're in a small group and um, I'm kind of listening to two groups at the same time. Those kinds of fluid groupings uh, or even moving back and forth between a, a full class and a group experience are a lot harder. And I guess I never realized how much pulling a scholar aside to chat was an, like a fundamental part of my practice these days. So I'm, I'm really trying to figure out what can substitute for that. I, it's it's really crazy that you mentioned that specifically because I had that exact same challenge today where I was trying to subtly move a scholar from one breakout room to another to where I could kind of like meet with them and just kind of get an update aside from the other group. But the actual having to wait for their computer to load into the new breakout room and, but then they have to accept that request. And there's all these things that are lost in translation, like you were talking about, that I did not previously anticipate. So I, I, it's just so refreshing to hear someone verbalize it the way you just did. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's been, I, I never would have guessed that would have been the challenge so far with the tech, ish, with the, the tech situation. So we've got another voice uh, that we haven't uh, heard from in this context just yet. I want to bring uh, Wences Cepeda into the fold. Um, if you know Wences, you'll know that this is, I, I think, an educator that needs no introduction, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to provide one anyways. Um, he teaches math. Wences is part of our 10th grade math team. Uh, so again, an, an educator that we work with fairly regularly because uh, he has some of Courtney and Gail's uh, scholars and he has some of the scholars from my village. Uh, and so Wences uh, is in this interesting space where he's kind of straddling a couple different worlds, um, but offering support just as effectively um, a- as any of us do. Uh, and I so very much appreciate what Wences has brought to the culture here at Odyssey this year. Um, ask any of the scholars and uh, whether it's a unique nickname that they have been given or just a funny anecdote of something that's happened, um, it, they'll all agree uh, Wences, your class is one of the most welcoming places uh, on campus, and uh, I think that our scholars really uh, relish that space. So thank you for, for being here uh, this afternoon. How are you doing? Oh, thank you. I appreciate uh, you guys allow me to interject every once in a while. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. I admire all of you. Uh, I know that I, I've said it in, in private moments, but I do admire every single one of you and everybody there at Odyssey. Um, my... My self-description of my of my job is I'm the math studio Sherpa uh, slash advisor. <laughs> I I I am the one that through math I get to go on this walk with scholars and point at things and ask questions and dig deep uh, their meaning and that's a beautiful thing. I'm always so excited to go to. I want to say I jump to my job or to work. I just want to say that I, I get to experience a journey. And whether I'm acting 
like um like the fool that I am or being in all seriousness um I'm always observing and I'm always learning and I can't express how much I learned from not only the scholars but from the all the professionals that are at that at this site it's it's a beautiful thing so thank you again for allowing me to uh speak to you guys cuz uh it's it's great to hear validation and to hear you speak about the same struggles and the same successes that I'm seeing. Of course, Winces, we're so grateful to to have have your voice featured here, and um, you know, just to echo kind of what you said and what Hunter said, the the connection that you bring into our community is just um, difficult to put into words, and um, I know that that many of the scholars experience so much joy when they're on those journeys with you. And I'd love to hear just from your perspective, like, what about this distance learning is going well? How are you able to take the things that you do so well in the classroom and apply them to this to this new space? How, how would you describe some successes that you've been having? Um, in all honesty, the first thing that came to mind was uh, I'm a big, uh, I read quite a bit and listen to a lot of music. And there's a line in an Iron and Wine record that I, that I listen to quite often. And the first line, if I remember it, it says, there are times that walk from you like some passing afternoon. And I feel like the successes in this case relate to that line because even though there's like the time's going by and everything's going as you're not quite expecting it to go like that, but I feel like the scenery... And the success that's happening is that it's it's challenging me to take stock of what I'm doing and how I'm doing it and also figure out how to be a bit more creative with what I do because a lot of my my teaching style depends on the communal aspect of being around a, a lot of people. And playing off of each other and being the observant as a father, you have to kind of be pay attention to the details. And the success right now is that I'm being challenged to kind of take certain situations and flip them and kind of blatantly take from other people. I mean, I'm not a spreadsheet person, you know, that's not what like that's not one of my strong suits that. I am structured and organized, but I'm not that structured and organized. But to see like the like Gail or Floor or you know Nicole or anybody do these different things that they're able to do with what they have is like it's inspiring. So that's the success is that I'm I'm the, I'm being the observer, and I'm I'm kind of like grabbing the popcorn and taking the back seat and and just absorbing everything i hear so clearly what you're saying about inspiration and i think that speaks volumes about the community that we've built and and just as you said and i think said pretty well um to to have all of these resources and just you know shared so abundantly i think what stands out to me about a place like odyssey versus other schools that i've worked at and this is this is not to, to to criticize or or to question the practices of any other school, but a lot of other schools I've been at, there's a certain ownership around 
you know, particular practices or ideas. Oh, that's so-and-so's lesson, or this is so-and-so. I, 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 I so relish the communal atmosphere um, that I think we foster here. And I think that's a lot of what you're, you're getting at um, in, in your descriptions. And I, I appreciate you sharing it uh, in that way. Wences, thank you. Yeah, and we're also seeing the vulnerability of each of each other in the sense where, you know, you're kind of the the owner of your classroom in physical in the physical space, and now you're virtually sharing it with anybody. It's great to see the the facility of which like Becky will pop in, Keith will pop in, other advisors will pop into my class, and it's that much more easier and I pop into another class and I'm just, you're just observing and you're taking all of these things in and it's helping your practice. It's helping my practice at least. Well, just as we uh, had discussed on the, uh, on Courtney and Gail's and uh, certainly there have been some practices or, or things that maybe haven't been panning out exactly the way that we've wanted them to. And I'm wondering Wences, from your perspective, if there is a particular challenge that has stood out to you over the past couple of weeks? Uh, for, for me personally, uh, it's like looking at a screen. If you look at a TV screen or a computer screen, there's it's pixelated, and but there's this giant picture that it's that it's uh, that it's informing your your brain about. Now we're having to kind of take into consideration every single pixel. So if one is out, it can ruin your entire picture that you're absorbing uh the challenge hasn't been really that like detrimental but it's been like okay how are we now going to refocus our frame of mind so that we're taking into consideration each pixel but also not losing sight of the entire panoramic view um and i have to say that it's that's kind of exciting because it's forcing you to work out certain kinks like right now we're going through the the growing pains of like we're as a community we're figuring things out so it's like the drama behind it like how are we going to solve this issue um so it's, it's it's a challenge but it's also a welcome challenge because it's allowing us that time and space to work together and i think at the end it brings us closer together and it will because We'll have that history now. We'll have that memory. I tell my students that I'm not only teaching, I'm creating memories that they can go back to that are foundational, that they can dig deep when they're struggling with something in the future, and they can remember, oh, that that fat Mexican math studio teacher. Like, yeah, I remember that guy. <laughs> he gave me some wonderful memories and some great advice. Let me uh, let me tap into that. And I think that that those memories that we're creating, they're they're being created with what we're doing right now as well. Like we are the ones that are going to overcome this stuff and we're going to be able to look back at the end or when we go back, Hey man, we did this together and it wasn't just a one person thing. And that's what I I really enjoy about our our administration as well. They're allowing us that space to be scared, but also to be willing to work things out. I hope that answers the question. I would, yeah, I would agree with that. I, feel like we are feeling the payoff as a staff of conversations we've been having all year about vulnerability and generosity and these other things that are parts of our core values. Um, I know the, I've been telling a lot of people 
out of any school anywhere. I feel like our school is about as pre prepared as we can be to make something positive out of this experience and not because of the technology, even though, of course, that helps and we're super privileged that we have these technology resources. But from a philosophical standpoint, you know, no school is more flexible than us, just about. Um, our scholars and our staff are so used to showing up in the morning saying, wait, what's the schedule going to be today? Yeah. And um, and so they when we said on Tuesday, hey, show up at 10 a.m. for this virtual advisory session, they said, OK, I'll be there. And most of them were there and they've been rolling with us ever since. So I feel really grateful to be part of this team and to have our scholars be rolling with that flexibility, too. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> Going back to Wences's original analogy, or maybe it was like four analogies back, there's been a lot of <laughs> great literary analysis of this experience. But when you said this is like we're making the rules for a game that doesn't yet exist, yeah. that that like resonates with me so much. Just that, you know, in some ways, as Gail mentioned, like every day we show up and we're like, okay, what what do we do with this? What's the schedule? And realizing that there's no longer any box around us even though the box when we were at school was so expansive and so full of potential, there's literally no rules here now. This is all unprecedented territory. And so doing what we can to make the most of that situation and to write the rule book and revise the rule book um, is just an experience that I think, as, as you mentioned, is going to not only stick with the kids forever, but it's going to stick with us forever as, as a moment that that changed and pivoted our careers in so many powerful ways. And something that stood out to me so much about both Gail and Wences, the way that you two responded to the question um, or, or the prompt to share a challenge, I put that in, in our outline for today, thinking that, hey, I get these people, they're educators too. I want to give them the space to grumble and groan and complain because it's one of our favorite pastimes as educators. <laughs> And yet what both of you did was you you started with a challenge, but you then changed the conversation into, okay, what's next? You, you know, both both of you exhibiting just these forward thinking um, qualities that, again, speaks volumes about your effectiveness uh, in your respective classrooms. And I, I so very much appreciate you sharing that perspective uh, with us here today. And as we as we look ahead moving forward, um... You know, I'd love to hear from everybody before we, we call it a day. What's what's on your guys' mind for the rest of this week and, and the next week moving forward? Is there like a mantra that you've been repeating? Is there is there one core focus that you've been having? Kind of what's going to guide you moving forward into the into these next few days and, and eventually weeks of distance learning? I think mine is uh, I got to find a comfier chair. Oh my god, same. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been I've been sitting at, at, at the, just just with kind of like a, a foldy chair. But I've got more of an office-like chair that I'm going to have to somehow wedge down from upstairs and bring in here because uh, I've, I've got some extended seat time that's just not going to be very pretty if I, if I stick with this uh, no lumbar support action going on here. Um, but in, in all seriousness, um, you know, just kind of buckling down and, and you know, thinking ahead and, and just trying to plan things out. Courtney, I'm looking forward to our opportunity to meet with our um, one of our curriculum specialists, uh, Rosemary, um, on Thursday to just take this new mindset into action and hopefully with the new chair, uh, just surge <laughs> ahead into our, our future work. I agree with all of that. I need to 
I have a good chair. I need to elevate my computer up so I'm not looking down at it so much in a way that stresses my neck. But on the on the learning front, yeah, I'm also really excited. We're probably going to meet with our consultant, Alec, on Friday, and I'm really excited to have that time to process what this course is going to look like. Um, but two, on that two mantras that I'm trying to keep in mind, one is Keith's that he always says of do the next best right thing, that we don't know what exactly the right thing is. In fact, we're almost sure that whatever we do isn't the perfect right thing, but we're going to do the next best right thing and keep course correcting when we find something better or, or when circumstances change. And then the other one is, has wanted one of my mantras all year long, which is teach from the heart. And I think, especially as we go into next week and we get back to more content classes and we're thinking about schedules and all these sorts of things, I think it'll be easy for me to get lost in the technical aspects of it, of when am I going to use breakout rooms? When am I going to, how am I going to manage transitions between classes and trying to keep that heart perspective of what am I excited about and how can I convey that to scholars and how can I connect with them even when we're at a distance in a way that makes them feel like I care about them and uh, care that they show is showing that they care for each other so I think if I can keep those two things in mind and not let myself get anxious over technical details then I'll be a lot more confident and hopeful going into the uncertainty of next week what's on your mind when sis um so I think that I was thinking about it the other day and, and, you know, I've been griping to my wife and all this stuff and about like that I feel like inadequate a, a, a lot of the time because I'm the, I'm the dinosaur in, in this, well, besides Keith, but he is, he's young at heart. Um, <laughs> but, uh, that part in here. Um, but I, I I have this thing of like I'm I'm painting this on this canvas, and I've been forced to remove the canvas portion, and kept the frame, and I'm just painting on the wall. <laughs> I'm painting on the wall right now, and that and that's that's kind of like it's exciting because now I can I don't have to buy a new canvas. I just have to find a different wall, and I just put mm-hmm. the framework up, and I can continue with my own painting. And now I'm in. Now I'm better able to include every scholar in there and every adult that's on campus as well because they're getting to see exactly how it is that I'm using the different pigments and the different like the techniques and the textures that I'm using. Like it's not is that's not paint, that's mayonnaise. Like why are you getting that? <laughs> you know, it's and that's the beauty of it. Like that's what I'm I'm hoping that I'm continuing that spirit is still uh living uh, throughout these next couple of weeks while we're doing distance learning. I hope that made some sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, all the metaphors that you've been able to draw throughout this podcast, I feel like are really inspiring to think about like our journey um, through these different creative and literary lenses. It's, it's really beautiful. I, I think for me, the you know, another Keithism, Gail, you mentioned something that, that Keith said to kind of act as a guiding principle is uh, my mantra, go slow to go fast. Like you've got to go slow before you can go fast. And I feel like when you're building an entirely new experience in the way that we are right now, that 
slow start can feel infuriating when you're used to having proficiency and speed and transparency and data collection like at your fingertips in a classroom. Um, and for me, I've just had to like remind myself every day, like let go of that need for control and that need for acceleration and just like try to celebrate your little wins every day. Try to connect with people deeply every day, like from the heart and um, that it's okay to go slow. Like we can't do this all in one day. My bandwidth is much smaller. And so I've got to kind of lean on that small bandwidth to go a long way. Um, I'd rather have a small bandwidth that stretches further than a fast bandwidth that's over like in a day, you know? Right. We, I, I, I finding myself needing to be very careful not to overexert myself a day. I mean, it's, it's 3.43 right now as we're recording this. Our school day would just have ended. And I feel exhausted, you <laughs> yeah. know, and uh, keeping in mind and giving myself grace and, and doing what I can to reconfigure boundaries and uh, yeah, keep, make the, make the little bit of bandwidth go farther and, rather than faster is, is really important. Yeah. And I've got to get a new chair too. I'm sitting on a yoga ball. <laughs> I feel flexible and I feel like I could do an ab workout right now, but my back hurts. <laughs> well, I have to say, you know, it, it's conversations like these that really give me the fuel and the energy to keep doing uh, what I'm doing. And uh, I, I hope that people that are listening to this realize that um, we've got a pretty inspirational set uh, of advisors here uh, at Odyssey. Um, you know, n not to say uh, the, the least of Wences or Gale, but just the entire team. Uh, this is this is just an example uh, of what we get to enjoy on a regular basis. And so um, Wences and Gale, both of you, thank you so much for for joining us uh, today on the Odyssey of Learning podcast. Oh, thank you for for allowing us to uh, or allowing me to uh, to have this conversation with all of you. Yeah, thank you. This has been awesome. I don't want to spoil anything, but in the same breath that we were talking about getting uh, Gail and Wences on the program, Courtney and I were also kicking around the idea of getting some scholars on as well uh, to share their perspective. So I think yes. that we're going to have to ask you to stay tuned for that one. Courtney, what do you think? Oh, I'm all in. Oh, that's the beauty. That's the beauty that you really want. Yeah, that'll be that'll be amazing. Yeah. Book those valuable perspectives. appearances for sure. Yeah. So the people have spoken and uh, and we hope to get that to you soon. But until then, you have been listening to the Odyssey of Learning podcast. These are your hosts. My name is Hunter. And I'm Courtney. Thank you, Wences and Gail. Everyone have a great afternoon. All right. Peace. Bye, you guys. Have a great day. Don't stay up too late grading or doing homework. <laughs> nope. Tomorrow's my grading day. It's Yay! all day tomorrow. All right. Take it easy. Thank you.